see you all. I want to welcome those of you watching online, whether it's on newlife.nyc, on our Facebook page, or on our YouTube page. Uh, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship here in Queens, New York City. And if this is your first time here, uh, I am thrilled that you're with us. If this is the first time you're joining us online, I am thrilled that you're with us. And at the end of our service, I'm going to be outside in the porch area if we have never met before or if you have not seen me or have not seen you in some time, uh, please make sure you say hello on your way out. Before I get into our text today, I wanted to give a quick announcement related to our new school of formation. This September we are launching, we kind of launched this uh, last year with a number of New Life leaders, but we are officially launching it this fall, <clears throat> a nine-month spiritual formation training that I'm leading as well as inviting some other uh, leaders from around our nation uh, to train people in our five values at New Life. And we have reserved uh, some spots for some New Life leaders or people who are interested in growing in our five values on, on contemplative rhythms, on racial justice, on interior examination, on sexual wholeness, on missional presence, also known as our five M's. If that's something that you're interested in, uh, the deadline to apply for that is August 9th. That's just coming up, August 9th. If you'd like to apply for that, uh, please let us know. And uh, if you have any questions related to that, uh, is Andres in the room here? Andres, are you here? Um, there he is. Stand up, Andres. Here, this is Andres. He's our spiritual formation uh, school director. And so look for the red shirts with the heights on it there. So uh, if you have any questions, uh, he'll be outside as well. Feel free to reach out to him, and we'd love to get you on the journey. And just so you know, new lifers... Uh, get half off of what everyone else is getting uh, who's uh, participating in this. And many people are participating from around our nation. Uh, and so it is a wonderful gift. Now, we are starting a series or continuing our series. Pastor Jackie did a wonderful job leading us in opening this series on spiritual disciplines. Let's give it up for Pastor Jackie and just amen. On six habits to remain connected to God in a busy world. And she talked about the spiritual discipline of silence. Today we're going to focus on the spiritual discipline of meditation, on meditation on scripture. Uh, the, the language of spiritual disciplines, for some of us, we're familiar with that title, they're familiar with that phrase. For some of us, it might be pretty new, but I want to define it for us so we're all on the same page. Uh, a spiritual discipline is an intentional practice that opens us up to God's grace and trains us to love well. A spiritual discipline is a practice that opens us up to God's grace and trains us to love well. And it's important to say at least this one thing about spiritual disciplines, and it is that no spiritual discipline can make God love you. It's already too late. He loves you. It's too late. But what the spiritual disciplines do is it positions us to live within God's love and to offer that to the world around you. And so we don't do spiritual disciplines to earn God's love. We've already received it in Christ. 
but we do it so that we could receive it truly and offer it to the world around us. And that is the case as we think about meditation on Scripture. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. We'll have it on the screen as well. But we're going to look at verses 1 uh, through 3 today. Uh, hear the word of the Lord. It says, blessed is the one. Actually, let's read it together. Let's just be a church. Let's read the passage together. Together. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Let's pray. Lord, uh, breathe on us through your spirits. Open our hearts that we would receive every word of revelation that you want to give to us today. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to receive every gift you have for us. We pray these things in Christ's name. And everyone said... Amen. The practice of meditation often sounds overwhelming. When we think about meditation, we think, oh, those are for super spiritual religious people. But I want to tell you something, whether you know it or not, you have already meditated. Whether you go to church or not on a regular basis, you have already meditated. Whether you call yourself religious or not, you have already meditated. All of us knows what it's like to meditate, and I'll explain it this way. If you've ever received a love letter from someone, a love note from someone, you know what it's like to meditate. I'll give you an example. When Rosie and I started dating, put a picture of us when we started. Look at us there. Look at, look, look at us. 2003. Oh, look at my girlfriend. Look at my girlfriend. And look at my hair. Amen. Look at the hair. Oh, I miss those days. I, I miss those days. But, but when we started dating in our early years, early years, early uh, few, a few days and weeks and months, I remember getting a text message from Rosie. And it was, I, I, I didn't uh, ask for this text message. I would send her a text message, but she gave me a text message, sent me one uh, in the morning. And the text message had three words to it, three words to it. And I meditated on it all day long. The three words were, good morning, handsome. Oh, yes, it was. Good morning, <laughs> handsome. You could read it in a second. But I was out, I took out my Nokia flip phone, boom, and I remember those phones there? And, and I just, good boy, and then I closed it, bam. And then five minutes later, I opened it up again, boom, oh wow, look at it, I'm sharing it with people, look what she said, look what she said. And those three words, I chewed on those words, I, I spoke those words over and over again. What was I doing? I was meditating. When it's your birthday and someone who you respect and someone who you love takes the time to actually write out some good words. You know what I'm saying? Not the card where you get the card and they just sign their name at the bottom. When they're writing their own words and they write their own words and you read it and you go, wow, these words are so meaningful. And you read it again and again and again. When you're doing those things, you are meditating. But the opposite is also true whenever you get a negative word from someone, whenever there's a hurtful word spoken to you as well, 
We have a way of chewing on those words, obsessing over those words, turning on those words over and over and over again. What are we doing in these moments? We are meditating. The question is not whether we meditate or not. The question for our purposes today is, is what I am meditating on maturing me? Is what I am meditating on maturing me? Maturing my faith, maturing my relationships, maturing my life in God. And so the question is today, what have you been meditating on? What have you been fixing your mind on? For some of you, I imagine you've been fixing your mind and meditating on your failures, meditating on your past. For some of us, we've been meditating on cable news and all the news that's out there and just reading and, not, and, and meditating on all the bad stuff that's happening in the world. For some of us, we've been meditating on social media. What has your attention? This past week, what have you been chewing on slowly over and over and over again? Now, when we think about meditation, there are certain images that come to mind. And this is one of the images that come to mind when we think about meditation. And because this is the image that comes to mind when we think about meditation, we think, I can't do that. I've not reached that level. And I can't even put my legs in that position. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. It's just like amen. <laughs> like, I, my, I can't do this. But I want to tell you that you can meditate. And not only that you can meditate, but that you need to meditate. Now, in some traditions, meditation is about emptying your mind. What we're talking about today is not emptying our minds. We're talking about meditation as filling our minds and hearts with God's word. Filling our minds and hearts with God's truth. And what I want you to see today is this truth. That the degree to which we meditate on God's word is the degree to which we will mature in our relationship with God. The degree to which we meditate on God's word is the degree to which we will mature in our relationship with God. And this is what we see in Psalm chapter 1. If you've read any of the Psalms, you'll see the difference between Psalm 1 and the rest of the 149 psalms. Psalm 1 is different from the rest of the psalms. The psalms are songs of worship. The psalms are prayers that are set to music. It's the psalms. What are the psalms? It's the ancient version of iTunes. It's the ancient version of the radio. It's the ancient version of Pandora. When someone wanted to throw on the jam in ancient times, they didn't go to Spotify, they went to the scriptures, and they would sing along to the scriptures. This is the ancient version of where the music was to be found. But Psalm 1 is not a song. Psalm 1 is not a prayer. It's different from the rest of the 149 psalms. Psalm 1 is a declaration of human existence. It's the introduction to the rest of the Psalms. And essentially what the, the psalmist is doing in Psalm number one is, is letting us know a profound truth that the lack of meditation on God's word often leads to spiritual malformation. The lack of meditation leads to spiritual malformation, that we are not formed 
in a good way. We're formed in a negative way, in a harmful way. And we see this happening in the first few verses. The psalmist begins by saying, you're blessed if you don't do certain things. And he begins to unpack what those things are. He says, blessed is the person who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Those who walk, stand, and sit in this way are malformed. But the person who doesn't do this but gives themselves to something else is blessed. What is that something else? Meditating on the law day and night. Now, what's interesting, what's fascinating is the psalmist makes a contrast between the righteous and the unrighteous. And what he surprisingly says is that what distinguishes the righteous from the unrighteous in this passage here is meditation. He doesn't say those who care for justice are the righteous, those who don't care for justice are the unrighteous. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say those who go to the club are not righteous and those who go to church are righteous. He doesn't say that. What he does, however, say is those who meditate are those who are righteous. Now, what he's saying here is effectively this. If you get meditation right, everything else will follow. Because you will find yourself now saturated with God's imagination. You will find yourself saturated with God's priorities. You will find yourself so infused with God's values, which is why meditation is the start of everything else. If you get that right, everything else will follow. If you give yourself to meditation, you will be a manifestation of God's life in the world. And so the righteous are those who are directed by God's instruction. The unrighteous are marked by their own instruction. The righteous are marked by a longing for the center of God's wisdom. The unrighteous want to live by their own wisdom. The righteous are those who love God's words and God's ways more than anything else. The unrighteous are those who love their words and their ways more than anything else. And we are called to meditate now on God's word, day and night. Now, before I define meditation in a very simple way, my, I want to give you my favorite image of meditation. My, what we learn more than anything about meditation, I believe, from dogs. We learn about meditation from dogs. <laughs> That's a spiritual dog right there. We learn a lot about meditation from dogs. Dogs can teach us how to meditate. There is a wonderful story told by a great author named Eugene Peterson. He's a biblical scholar, and he talks about a little dog he had who loved big bones. A little dog who loved chewing on these large bones. And if you own a dog, or if you know dogs, you know how this goes. His little dog would see that big bone, and, and when he would grab it, I remember my in-laws, uh, we, we had this chocolate lab named Blue. And whenever he got a nice treat or a big bone, he would take the bone and he'd go to another room. He'd run to another room. And he'd throw it on the floor and he'd dance around it. 
and he'd pick it up, he'd lick it, he'd throw it back down, he'd chew on it, he'd roll on the floor. I mean, he was just having a time with that bone. What Eugene Peterson discovered as he was reading the Bible and looking at his dog was an important correlation. He looked at his dog with this bone, enjoying this bone. And then he read Isaiah chapter 31, verse 4, which says this, this line here, as a lion growls over his prey. Now, being the Hebrew scholar that he is, he saw that the word growl in Isaiah is the same Hebrew word for the word meditate in Psalm chapter 1. So hear this. He's basically saying, in the way that dogs love the bone, in the way that this lion growls over his prey, that's how we are to be with God's word. What is meditation then? Meditation is slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates your hearts. Slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates your heart. Now, as I've been thinking about this message and thinking about this definition, I thought this past week about Korean fried chicken. I, I, I got a declaration to make Korean fried chicken is God's chicken. It's God's chicken. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is good. It's, it's good. It's, it's evangelical chicken. But, 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 <laughs> but Korean fried chicken is God's chicken. I remember some 12 years ago, I went with a, a Korean-American pastor and had lunch with him. And it was the first time that I was introduced to Korean fried chicken and he looked at me before I took my first bite and he said Rich I got to tell you something before you do this this is going to change your life <laughs> he was right it changed my life a few weeks ago I ordered some Korean fried chicken and I'm in the dining room in our apartment and my father-in-law is with me and we're eating this chicken. Now, I got to tell you something. When I eat fried chicken or whatever it is, um, sometimes I don't eat all of the meat on the bone. So, you know, some, some people eat and then they just discard it. My father-in-law, however, doesn't stop until everything is gone. And I remember him looking at me uh, as I'm finishing, and he looks at the, the meat that's still on the chicken, and in a way that, it wasn't judgmental, but it was a little judgmental. And he goes, you're done with that? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm trying to hide the chicken now. I was just like, and I look at him, and he is cleaning that thing out. And now I'm all like, you know, you know self-conscious of the way that I'm eating my chicken. And when I thought about him, my father-in-law, who's the best father-in-law in the world, uh, uh, Eating that chicken, I thought, this is meditation. He's not stopping until he gets everything out of this piece of meat here. Slowly chewing God's word until it penetrates your heart. Why is this important? Well, the reason why meditation is important is because we have been so malformed by a culture 
that does not do this. We are malformed by a culture that is marked by skimming, speed reading, and scrolling. We live in a culture that works against meditation. The very function of our phones works against this spiritual discipline of meditation. A speed reading, scrolling, skimming existence is what we typically live. We read an article and we skim and we see what we want and we move on to the next thing. Okay, I got, 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 fantastic. Okay, got, 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 fantastic. And we skim and we're superficial with our reading and we scroll our way through. And so we've been so malformed because we also look at the Bible in this way. And we come to the Bible in a speed reading, scrolling, superficial way. And so the way we relate to the Bible is not slowly chewing on it until it penetrates our hearts. The way we often look at the Bible is it's kind of a, a little pick-me-up. Sometimes the Bible is kind of like this, this sanctified Ouija board kind of thing. You're just looking for a quick word uh, to try to get you through the day. And now oh, that's the verse that I needed. You read it and you move on. Or we look at the Bible like people look at horoscopes, looking for something just to, just to give me a little pick-me-up today. And, and we read it and, and we go about our business. And I am all for emotional pick-me-ups. I'm all for reading the Bible in that way. But we need to come to a point where we begin to allow the Bible to read us, to form us, to deepen us, where I'm not just trying to get something out of it. I'm trying to encounter the living God who's speaking to me now through Holy Scripture. Slowly chewing on God's word until it penetrates my heart. And we know we're beginning to do this when we begin to be touched by God's priorities. Touched by God's values. Touched by God's goodness, by his justice, by his love. That's when we know we are chewing on God's word. How do you respond to adversity? Often reveals whether or not we're meditating. Look at Jesus Christ, our Lord. Whenever G Jesus, as a young boy, would grow up meditating on the scriptures, memorizing the scriptures, and, he, and because he was prayerful with it, because he meditated on it, whenever Jesus experienced obstacles, what, you often saw Jesus responding with holy scripture coming out of his mouth. And so when the evil one tempts him in the garden... How does he respond? With verses out of the Hebrew Scriptures. When Jesus is criticized by the religious establishment, what flows out of him? Scripture. When he's crucified and he's being cut, what comes out of him? Scripture. The question is, when you're cut, what comes out of you? Don't say it out loud right now. <laughs> When someone cuts you off in traffic, what comes out of you? Whenever you get someone, a harsh remark from someone, what comes out of you? Meditation is about this. Whenever I'm cut, it is Holy Scripture coming out of me. I remember this. Uh, some of you know this story. In 2014, I was diagnosed with lymphatic tuberculosis, and, and there was a point where I had lymph nodes swollen all over my body, and I didn't know what it was for a number of months, and I was getting biopsies and trying to figure out what this thing was, and, and not knowing what it was, 
I was relegated to dread. What, Lord, what in the world is going to happen to me? And I never forgot, there were times when I was so anxious, I couldn't even open up the Bible. This little thing, I, it, this thing felt so heavy. You ever been there just to turn the page? I can't even open the Bible. I'm so anxious. But what I had been doing throughout the course of my life, because of my grandfather, was memorizing entire psalms. My grandfather, from the time I was 19 years old, would disciple me and say, memorize the scriptures. Memorize the scriptures. Memorize. And I would re be reading entire psalms and, and committing them to memory. And when I was experiencing in 2014 that health scare and I couldn't pick up my Bible, there was scripture flowing from my lips. I was hearing Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Which talks about Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I was thinking about Psalm 27, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And as I'm in the shower, I'm saying all these words out. I couldn't open up the Bible, what was flowing from my heart. That's meditation. And God wants to get us to a place that when you are cut, when you are experiencing all kinds of adversity, that his truth begins to flow in our hearts and flow out of our lips. Meditation. Now, this is hard for our culture. Because as Pastor Jackie said last week, spiritual disciplines are hard because we don't see immediate payoff. And we are, such, we, are, we are people who want results now. This is one of the reasons I have a hard time working out on a regular basis. <laughs> I do 20 push-ups. I go to Rosie. You see a difference, honey? She's like, not really. And it's just like, you know, man, you know, I'm done with this. We often want, but here's a spiritual principle you need to remember. Spiritual growth is never seen in the moment. It's seen in retrospect. It's seen when you look back. You never see your growth in the moment. But if you stick with it and you begin to look back, you'll begin to say, look how far I've come. Right now, you might not feel like forgiving. But stick with the disciplines. And you'll find yourself forgiving. And you look back and you say, you know what? I used to hold a grudge over those people. I'm free from that. You, you might be stingy with your money. You're like, I'm not giving this to anybody. But keep going with the disciplines. And you look back and say, look how generous I've become. You don't see growth in the moment. You see it in retrospect as you look back, which is why spiritual disciplines are hard. But stick with it. Because you will see growth as you stick to it. Now, before I lead us in an act of meditation... I want to just give you what the psalm gives us here, promises. So I'm going to give you some promises that God gives us in the passage that I'm going to lead us in meditation, and then we'll close our gathering. God says if you meditate, there are certain things that are going to happen. And the first thing that happens is you begin to, God's presence is known, first of all. The more you meditate, the more you are aware of God's presence. God is always with us. God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. God never just shows up. What, what shows up is our awareness of God's presence. 
Meditation helps us to be aware of God's presence. I just want to just throw that out there. But in the psalm, the psalmist promises blessing. Blessed are those who meditate on the law day and night. That word blessed is really in Hebrew, it's, it's, it's not just happy. It's not just, oh, I'm having a good day. It's, it's fulfillment. My life is full, full of God's love, full of God's grace. I'm blessed. And God says, if you meditate on my law, if you meditate on my word day and night, you will live in blessing. You will live with blessing. You will live with a fullness in your life. But beyond just blessing, God promises stability as well. He says the person who meditates is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. But then he says, not so the wicked, not so those who do not meditate. Because they're so fixed on their own words, you know what they're like? They're like chaff. They are are like, put put this image on, they're like tumbleweed flowing here and there. There's no stability. And God says, if you meditate, I promise you to anchor you. I promise you to give you a firm foundation. I promise to grow deep roots in you. And you will no longer be like tumbleweed. You'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. Whose leaf does not wither. In other words, it doesn't matter what the weather is on the outside. You have a firm foundation on the inside. And you now have a stability that comes not because of your strength, but because of God's strength. You have stability. And then the fourth promise in the scriptures is that God promises prosperity. He says, whatever they do prospers. Now, for some of you, when you hear that word prosperity, there's two responses in this church, two responses for those of you watching online. For some of you, you're triggered by that. Prosperity, oh no. Are we that, are we that kind of church, Pastor Rich? And what, what are we doing here? And some of you are triggered by that. Some of you, you're like, that sounds pretty good. So you're saying, if I meditate, I'm going to get a raise. If I meditate, I'm getting a new car. What I'm saying is that word prosperity is really about flourishing. You want your relationships to flourish? Meditate. You want your emotional life to flourish? Meditate. You want the things that you give yourself to to flourish, to prosper? Meditate. These are the promises that God gives you. His presence is known. Blessing, stability, prosperity. This is found in the power of God's word. But I just don't want to talk about it. I want to be about it. And I want to lead us in actually doing this. And so what I want you to do is if you have a paper or pen, take it out. If you have your phone, I give you permission to take out your phone at this moment. I bless take out your phone. Go to the notes. Don't go to Facebook. Go to the notes section in your phone. And I'm going to lead you in a practice of meditation on scripture called Lexio Divina. Some of you are very familiar with this. We teach this a lot at New Life. We cannot teach it enough. Lectio Divina means sacred reading, holy reading. And I'm going to teach you to do this. And the hope is that this week you will begin to offer yourself to this practice. And watch what God begins to do in you. 
Now, very simply, there are four stages of this kind of practice. There's reading, meditating, prayer, and contemplating. And so the first stage is lexio, reading. Then there's meditatio, which is meditate, which is I'm chewing on the word. I'm thinking about the word. Then there's oratio, that's prayer. I'm now speaking to God. And then there's contemplation. God has spoken to me. I have spoken to God. There's nothing else to say. I want to rest in God right now. And so I'm going to lead us for the next five, six minutes or so, and then we'll sing, and then we'll go home. But I'm going to lead you in a passage out of Proverbs 3. This will be our sample text today. So Proverbs 3, put it on the screen there. Proverbs 3, verse 5, one of my favorite passages, one of your favorite passages. And what I'm going to do is, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to read this verse five times, slowly. And as you hear those words, pay attention to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today through these words. So let me invite you to close your eyes. And I'm going to read these five times slowly over you. Hear the word of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And last time, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Let me invite you to open your eyes. On your phone, on your paper, I want you now to meditate, to chew on a phrase, a word or two. What stands out to you from this? And maybe begin to Write it down, capture, why does this word stand out to you? What is God saying to you in this moment? I'm going to give you about a minute or a minute and a half to offer your own meditation before God, chewing on these words slowly, and then we'll go to stage three.
Take another 30 seconds. We're at the third stage now. And so here, we read the scripture, we meditated on a particular word or phrase. Now it's the prayer, and what that means is, what do you want to say to God? Lord, I realize I don't trust you. Help me to trust you. What are the words you want to say to God right now, in light of where you're at in life? I want to give you about a minute or so to do that, and then we'll still go into our fourth stage. Take another 30 seconds. Now we get to the final stage of this, which is contemplation. I want to invite you maybe just to put your feet flat on the ground. Maybe sit straight up. Open your hands up. You, we've read the scriptures. We've meditated, chewing on a word. We've spoken words to God. Now we just want to sit and enjoy God's presence. Let's do that for a minute, and then Kate will lead us in a song of worship as a response. Let's begin. Lord, it's so easy to skim our way through life, to scroll our way through life, to remain on the surface. And yet, you offer us blessing, stability, prosperity, wholeness, flourishing. 
Lead us now by your spirit. And we sing, Lord, words of worship to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. And everyone said, let's all stand, let's sing together.
close our service, I want to invite the, worship, uh, the prayer team to come to my left. I want to end with one word on meditation uh, for you to hold on to. And it is this. Our meditation on God is always in response to God's meditation on us. Throughout the scriptures, we find a God who's always meditating on his people. God can't get you out of his mind. God's always thinking about you. And meditation is what kept Jesus on the cross as he's being crucified. He's meditating, not just on the scriptures, he's meditating on all of humanity. You are my people who I love. I can't get you out of my mind. And so our meditation of God is always in response to God's meditation on you. God is always thinking about you. And God wants to change you and transform you and forgive you and pour out his grace on you. And so we have our prayer team here. Maybe you came in here today, you've been meditating on everything and everything, but not God. But I want to tell you, God is thinking about you and is calling your attention to himself. If you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to say yes to his love, to his saving love. Some of you have been meditating on all kinds of things, thinking, this will save me. This will give me fulfillment. And you set your mind on certain things, and it has not come through. But you know what can come through, and who can come through? Jesus can come through. Our prayer team would love to pray for you and lead you in that way. And we have uh, on the screen, there's a, a number that you can text yes to Jesus. If you're sensing the Holy Spirit doing something in you, if you're watching online and you're like, yes, I want this relationship with God, text yes to Jesus. One of our pastors would love to follow up with you. Or if you're in this room, you can come to our prayer team to, help, uh, to ask them to help you along those lines. And for whatever need you have, we'd love to pray for you. At the end of our service here, we have a sermon discussion time for those of you online. And if you just want to discuss for about 30 minutes or so with one of our pastors and some other folks at New Life about this message, feel free to do that. The link is on the screen. We'd love to serve you along those lines. And for all of us in this room, I'm going to be downstairs in the porch area. If we've never met, please introduce yourself. I'd love to get your name before you head out. But as we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. We end with blessing because the world is filled with cursing. And we are called to be a blessing to the world. And so with you receiving in this way, you're saying, Lord, would you bless me, not just for me, but so I would be a blessing to the world around me. And so with your hands and your hearts in the posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, meditating on God's word. And may God's word lead to your stability and prosperity. May God bless you and flourish you and flourish your relationships in the process. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all.